This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at CSM Roots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to week four of our series called Before I Go. And so to start, I want you guys to uh, play along with this by giving me either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So do you know the answers to the following questions? All right, so if you do, give me a thumbs up. If you don't, give me a thumbs down. So when did English become the official language of the United States? Do you know that answer or do you not know the answer? All right, what job did Walt Disney have before he drew Mickey Mouse? Do you know the answer or do you not know the answer? Okay, on which space flight did humans first lay eyes on the Great Wall of China? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Do you know the answer to that or do you not? Why does eating candy affect how children behave? Do you know the answer or do you not know the answer? And some of you may have caught on already, but these are all actually kind of trick questions. Like when did English become the official language of the United States? The United States of America actually does not have an official language. What job did Walt Disney have before he drew Mickey Mouse? Well, Walt Disney did not actually draw Mickey Mouse. Uh, An animator named Oob Ewerks did. Uh, On which space flight did humans first lay eyes on the Great Wall of China? You actually cannot see the Great Wall of China from space. And why does eating candy affect how children behave? The average effect of sugar on a children's behavior is actually zero. And it's interesting how much we think that we know about random trivial things. In most cases, it's harmless and even fun to know things about pop culture, music, social media, fashion, or your favorite sports team. Well, today we're talking about something else that matters a lot. In fact, an incredible writer and thinker named A.W. Tozer once said, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And if God is real, then who God is, what God thinks, how God acts, and what God does should matter to you and me. So what has made made knowing God challenging is that we can't visibly see God. Isn't that frustrating? If God is worth knowing more about, paying attention to, and worshiping, then you'd think that we'd be able to see God clearly, right? And that's what makes the person of Jesus and his crucifixion and resurrection so important. See, Jesus came so that we could see God more clearly. John, a Jesus follower who was one of his best friends, wrote these words in John 1.18. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He, who is Jesus, has revealed God to us. John was completely convinced, and when he looked at Jesus, he was seeing the invisible God. Jesus was and is a lot of things to a lot of people. And over the course of your lifetime, you can experience Jesus in many different ways. Friend, teacher, savior, Lord, helper. And now there are a lot of things that make Jesus unique. But there is one thing that distinguishes Jesus from every other person or thing that claims to be God. If Jesus had not been raised from the dead, you and I would have never heard of him. But to be resurrected, Jesus had to die. 
And there's a question that we all must wrestle to the ground on some point in our lives. Why did Jesus die? It's believed that between AD 66 and 702, the, Roman, the Romans at the times uh, executed people on crosses or crucified them. This was a brutal and excruciating way to die, which is literally where the word crucified comes from. They crucified as many as 500 Jews a day until they stopped what became known as the first Jewish revolt. And there are even claims that Rome executed upwards of 300 people who claimed to be the Messiah or the leader the Jewish people were waiting for in the first century. So what makes Jesus different from the others who were, who were crucified? Simple. Jesus resurrected from the dead. Jesus is alive. Jesus was fully dead and then came fully back to life. There have been so many teachers, prophets, and so-called gods who have made outrageous claims about their wisdom, truth, and teachings, but only Jesus predicted his own death and resurrection and then actually pulled it off. And that should cause us to all sit up straight and pay attention when Jesus has something directly to say to us. And so Jesus' resurrection validates his example and teachings in a way that no other leader will ever be able to do. Resurrection was proof that Jesus was God. Because of the resurrection, what Jesus said and did should matter to us. And one word that Jesus said, the very last thing that he cried before dying on, on, and, and being hung on the cross, can completely flip your world and mine upside down. So let me set the scene here. After being severely beaten the night before, Jesus was nailed to a wooden cross for six hours. Romans had perfected this form of execution to make those crucified suffer a gruesome death. Being nailed through the hands and feet is not what would kill someone. Suffocation and loss of bodily fluids and organ failure is actually what would cause the killing. The body's weight pulling down on the arms makes breathing extremely difficult. And John, who was an eyewitness to the scene, tells us what he watched happen. And this is in John 17, 20 through 23. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished and to fulfill scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked up a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus knew why he had come to earth and was beaten and killed. And that why was now finished. But what is it that he finished? Up until this moment in time, world religion said that you had to do certain things to get certain outcomes or obtain favor from the gods. There were so many rules and rituals and practices and performances to keep up with at all times. And so it would be the equivalent of you doing a full-on workout while also trying to live your life. And let's just try it, okay? It's kind of cheesy what I'm about to do, and I know, I know. Just go with me. Now, I don't have a whole gym here to do a full-on workout, but I'm gonna pick up this jump rope. And, uh, but let's just, this isn't a real jump rope, but it's like a regular rope, but we're gonna use it as a jump rope. So let's take this jump rope, for instance. Imagine just trying to jump rope nonstop while you went throughout your life, all right? You're just always walking to school, jump rope, doing homework, jump rope, cooking your dinner, jump rope, asking that person out, jump rope, going to church, jump rope, 
That'd be awkward, right? It just wouldn't work. Even the Jewish people had to do certain things to make up for their wrongdoings and be considered clean before God. And if you messed up on your workout, oh, you had to pay the price. If you messed up on one of the rules that you had to pay, the, you had to pay the price. It just wouldn't go well. Anytime there was a severe wrong done by someone else, the law said someone had to pay the price. And that's how justice and righteousness were maintained, all right? But then Jesus came along and flipped the idea on its head. The Apostle Paul, one of the most influential Christian leaders ever, explained it to us. And then Romans 3.21, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Paul says that God has revealed a new way to have right standing with God, a new approach to God that does not have to do with the rules. And this is what it is. Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Paul says that you can be good with God and it has nothing to do with the law or the rules it's through the person of Jesus Christ. It's through faith. It's not do, through doing the exhausting treadmill or jump roping all the time, but simply trusting in Jesus. It's no longer about the rules. It's about the person. So think of it this way. Because of Jesus, we can be close to God. We can have a relationship with God. And it's all because of Jesus. So Paul keeps going in Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus. Then he freed us from, the, when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Paul says that everyone has sinned. This means that you, me, and every other human have missed the mark when it comes to doing what God says is best. But Paul says that Jesus, in his grace, by his sacrifice on the cross, freely makes us right. Like, wow, just wow. That's exactly what we need, right? It is free to us, but it costs something significant, actually. In Romans 3, 25 through 26, it says, this sacrifice shows that God was being fair and just when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Paul says that the death of Jesus demonstrates that God is full of grace, love, mercy, and justice. And for years before Christ's death, God had sent the message into the world that there, where there is sin, there is death. Because of God's mercy, he waited and overlooked the end of the eye for an eye payback mentality. Because violence, is, violence in response to violence only causes a never-ending cycle of violence. That is what Jesus meant when he said, it is finished. The exhausting cycle of mess up and fess up and clean up is over. 
We just have to trust because it is finished. Your need to prove how good you are is finished. Your striving for perfection is finished. Your hiding because of your shame is finished. Your time of carrying your weight and guilt is finished. It is finished. For Jesus means it is finished for you and me. So let's put away the jump rope. For you, maybe that looks like start seeing God as a God who wants to have a relationship with you or stop trying to be a perfectionist. We no longer have to work to to make ourselves good. Jesus did all the work and now because of what Jesus did, we can be good with God. Our responsibility is is to simply live as though Easter changed everything. The story of Jesus's death and resurrection has changed everything in our relationships, in the way that we treat people who are different than us, in how we think about ourselves, in the way that we serve the world around us. So here's the thing. After the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus's people started changing culture, like big time. No one had ever seen people who were so different and their love for others, they loved others so well. They had never seen Jews and Gentiles worshiping together and taking care of one another. They had never seen a group of, of so, that was so committed to working together to care for the sick in the society. They rescued abandoned children. They nursed the disease and the dying. They, they helped them. You, you could see God at work in the world because of the work that they were doing. And the goodness of the early church changed the first century world which gave leverage to the message of Jesus that would change the world. And I think that kind of goodness could also change your school. And I think that kind of goodness could change your family. I think that kind of goodness could change our town. So how could you today work towards that kind of goodness? Be kind to someone at your school or talk to someone you don't typically talk to or forgive your mom or pray for someone or Drop the idea of revenge and just let the offense go. Remember, this isn't just a nice thing to do or the right thing to do. Jesus used his very last words to give us incredible hope and to change the world. Jesus was the end of the jump rope story of trying to keep working hard and working out while you're also doing life. Not only have you been forgiven, but God has also made it possible for you to have a close relationship with God and with others. Nothing can hold you back from who God created you to be. You've been rescued from the parts of, of you that sabotages you even, your best, even when you have your best intentions. Your heart has been set free. This is why the cross and the resurrection hold so much sway thousands of years later. Love motivated Jesus to die and love raised Jesus from the dead. It is finished. So let me pray. Father, you are good. Thank you so much for sending your son so that we can have life. We know that he suffered on the cross, was dead, buried. But God, on the third day, we know that you rose him back from the grave. And he still lives with us today. And so we just thank you for uh, that forgiveness, that grace that you give to us now because of the work that Jesus already did for us. So we pray that we can live in that love and live a life that is full of your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.